everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to our podcast. My name is Lonix, and this is my homie Matt. I love Although, how we just a few episodes were like, oh no, we should really start introducing ourselves and saying our actual names. <laughs> like, we're really not doing this whole podcasting thing right. And then less than four, five, I mean, I guess like four episodes later, you're just like, let's go with full nicknames. No explanations of these <laughs> nicknames. That's the new way we're introducing ourselves. Well, you know, if we have any um, diehard fans here or just people that keep up with the show, they will know or what I'm talking about. Or people who know us, so which it's might little... be the only, like, listeners that I'm counting on. They still they matter, know. They know the They're still important. Yeah, and shout out to them, and that's why I'm dropping this little Easter egg. I have such a egg. problem with my name, and I don't really know why. Oh. I feel like okay. I always I feel like I always kind of felt disconnected from Catherine. And it still feels like that's just my uh, government name. You know what I mean? Like it's still like I don't know who she yeah. is, but she's got an appointment, you know? <laughs> I, I literally yeah. never call you that. Like you made it very clear this was like a personal nickname. I'm not mad about you know? it. It's just so hard to introduce yourself to somebody when you don't know what your name is. And I feel like I don't know what my name is anymore. Mav, what are you I'll, talking about? Like, no, what you're are you talking about. They'll like, be now. at a party and they'll just be like, "Hi, what's your name?" And I'll be like, "It depends." You just it have depends. too many options. You have well, too also, many like, options. Mav, well, just which is short for Maverick for anyone listening, like a Top Gun nickname. And so it's M A V. But when you say, "Hi, my name is Mav," people hear math, like mathematics. I, I didn't hear that. Thank you. And I guarantee, I don't think you said, "Hi, my name is Maverick." I have never said that. I would have been That's like, "Very official." What? But, like, what? so many times, yeah. it's a, know, like, I mean, maybe it's a name. new phenomenon, but so many times we'll be at a party or something and I'll be like, yeah, my name's Mav. And they're like, Math? Your name is Math? And I'm like, <laughs> no, it's not. Not at all. Not what I said. Well, they just don't know. know, Mav. But it's, they you know, know, when you're already feeling awkward and then they ask you your name and you're like, oh, no. You don't know that you yeah. opened up a box here, but. <laughs> <laughs> just don't perceive me at all right I, now. I specifically wore ready. this outfit so you would not look at me. And here I am. <laughs> now in the center of attention. So basically what Lonex was saying, Lauren, is that the nickname? Is Lonex a nickname? That, I mean, we've talked about Lonex before in the podcast, but is that like a preferred nickname for you? You like it? Yeah. Do you I feel like that's it's like, like Lonex if- or do you feel like it's low and then like people could just go yeah i feel like it's low and the way that like maverick is your full like nickname that's like (laughs) low nicks is like my full nickname and that feels like too much you know (laughs) it's like too it's like my formal nickname if you will it's your government nickname you know my nickname yeah my nickname nickname is low and i love that i mean and if you want to call me low nicks too i will still probably respond to to become your instagram handle again you think i should change it back mav i've been debating i loved it all right you you convinced me mav i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna change it back literally right right now follow lauren on instagram it is now low nicks one exactly what it was before i is it cks it's yes cks one come say hi is genuinely excited because she sometimes you were just randomly in the ebbs and flows <laughs> I was At I was randomly in New York over the weekend. I was that I film that you produced film was festival. in. Like you weren't just there. Yes. Meanwhile, do you want to know the juxtaposition what? of our two lives? You flew to New York 
to celebrate, I'm assuming your birthday and the film that you're, that was in a festival, which is really exciting and congratulations. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a double thing. Thank you. On Thank Saturday you. night, it was either Saturday or Friday night, my roommate and I went to the movies in Burbank, the Burbank 16, mm-hmm. and it was hosting the Burbank Film Festival. But we didn't know that. So we were going to, I think it was genuinely a 945 movie on like a Friday night. And we were in uh-huh. like sweatpants and like pajamas, basically, because we were just like going to the movie. And we walked in and people were in like yeah. cocktail attire. and i was like well it's my bad that's on me that one's on me (laughs) this juxtaposition is funny (laughs) so you're literally in the cocktail uh, attire at the film festival (laughs) that you were invited to because your film got in the film festival and i was walking through in pajamas (laughs) and you're just like i'm just here to see a movie but that is to say that lauren's instagram is exciting and interesting (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Thanks, Mav. It, you know, like I said, it, it definitely ebbs and flows. I don't want to. I don't want to set these expectations too high, and then feel anyway. Pressured. Sorry, um, we usually don't like <laughs> get so sidetracked from the actual. Like, we're not one of those podcasts that's got like chit chat for a half an hour before the this stuff. No, we do chit chat a little bit, but this one took off yeah. very quickly. Yeah. We apologize, but we are here. A new month, a new couple. September. Yeah. I was like, what month is um, it? September. September. It's not it's not Virgo season, I guess, technically anymore, Matt, but it really was it really yeah. was for, you know, the month. Are the people we're talking about today, Mav, are they were they born Absolutely in September? Not. I'm not only <gasps> listen, the reality is I don't know. The extra reality is oh. You don't know. You always start with their Let's birthdays. just get into it. Okay, I'm so excited we talk right, about today. Listen, now. as you all well know, we may not be able to give you good relationship advice or really any relationship advice at all. And we may not be able to tell you how to break up. We could give you some. I wouldn't take it. Right. But words would sure, come I out mean, of our mouth. Words will always come out of my mouth. Never at a loss. <laughs> I'll just say some shit. But we may not be able to tell you how to break up. But this is how Pericles and Aspasia did it. Whoa! I I definitely heard the f- I've heard the first name sense. you said. Is he okay? I feel like that's like a um like a nope. science guy or like a nope. philosopher or like a like a yeah like Pericles and Aristotle, right? Um, they are both. Great. I make that up. Pericles <gasps> okay. actually was more in the time of uh, Socrates. I was going to say Sophocles, Socrates and Plato than he was Aristotle. But yeah, he's also not a philosopher. Okay. General. Of the yeah, army. It's complicated. Of, I didn't know people just got the we'll title of general. Okay, Pericles was go. born in 495 BC in Athens. So that's why, um, first of all, neither of them were born in September because there was no September. Oh, okay, this makes and, sense. And uh, beyond that, <laughs> we don't have exact dates for any of this, so... So they could they be, could have been though. born around this time of year. It would not have been called September. Yeah. No, but they'd still be Virgos. Listen, Aspasia could be a Virgo. I could give her that, but I don't actually know what that means. So we'll take it with a grain of salt. Okay, so Pericles was born in 495 BC in Athens. Just so we already had that sentence and we're aware of it. Athens, Greece. His father was a politician and military leader named Xanthippus, and his mother was from an important Athenian family. She was named Agaristi. Agaristi. Uh, Agaristi. A-G-A-R-I-S-T-E. Agaristi. 
can't say I fuck with. That's okay. One they don't. Names, they don't come up very much. Okay. I'm giving you. I'm giving you oh. names because I think that's more oh. interesting than just saying like he had a mother. Like it's fine. But you really. Yes. No. No. I like. I like. You really them. don't need to keep the names in your mind because they like. I don't go back to them. You know what I mean. The parents aren't pivotal parts. Here's the thing. There's not a ton of actual information about these people left. There's a little bit. True. And especially when we get to Aspasia as a woman, there's so little about her and almost none that you can really depend on. So anytime Um, that you're... Anytime that you find yourself about to be like, what about this? Know that I probably don't know. And not because (laughs) I didn't look, but because it just isn't there. Yeah. So... Fair. There's Fair a lot enough. of stuff Fair. that happens, and you can make assumptions and understandings about what that means based on what you know happened. But there's there's yeah. not that much. We don't have, for instance, like an entire book of poetry that she wrote, like we do for Bonnie from Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and also, Mev. This is a s- small but I think important tangent, at least um, for yeah. you to know. So I uh, the other day last week I happened to end up at a trivia thing at mm-hmm. a bar with mm-hmm. some friends and one of the questions was to identify all of these um like yeah. people uh they were like villains or something you know and one of the pictures was bonnie and no one else at my table was even clutch. close to Come knowing who that was and you know i wasn't a hundred percent certain because i'm never about anything but i was like i remember this this is ringing a bell and i'm gonna trust my gut and my intuition and what matt has taught me and let's put bonnie and i was hell fucking yeah. right i was like matt would be so, I am proud, so of proud of you because you're the only reason that yeah. i knew that and i just i love to let that you know. congratulations hmm. Thank you. And also, I feel like congratulations to you because I really learned stuff. I'm glad because I, you know, I know it might not seem like it. I feel like this is a really good way to get I feel like podcasts and things like this in general are a really good way to get just sort of a little bit of fun information, you know, like no one's trying to give you enough that you're running a test. Right. But it's like if you saw this image in a trivia game, could you recognize it? And yes, and I like to think that the things that we choose to talk on are just like they're parts of human history. That's one of the things I really like about history is that it's an exploration of humanity and what it means to be human and what it's always meant to be human. And the reason that we even think that we can understand what happened between Pericles and Aspasia is because we are humans and we can make inferences based on the sheer fact that we're like, well, this is what we would do. So maybe this is what they did. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So okay. that's to say any gaps are not my fault, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Do All right. Agoristi, uh, Pericles' mother, had a dream the night Pericles mm-hmm. was born. In her dream, she gave birth <sighs> to a lion instead of a human baby. Whoa. In an interesting scary. side note, Philip II of Macedonia had the same dream nearly 100 years later on the night that his son, Alexander, was born. Alexander yes. the Great? Matt, what a, what's what that mean? Fact. That if you dream you give birth to a lion, that means you're I, I guess it could mean dog. a lot of things, right? It could mean that um it's a prophetic dream saying that your child is going to be a great of some sort. Like like a lion, yeah, a great, a great lion. leader, right? They both were great leaders. Or 
it could just be something that people make up in the stories that they tell each other over and over and over again because the accounting that we have of this is from you know hundreds of years later yeah i i want to believe in the magic feel free so I'm going to say they really did have a dream. I also love lions. I would love if my mom was like, I had a dream that you were a lion. I was like, hell yeah, let's go. Uh, Pericles was very well educated as most sons of important Greek families were. Pericles, however, was a dedicated student and he really valued learning, specifically about art and music. And he would spend most of his life pursuing knowledge whenever he could. Apparently, he had a very long head. It's just like a... (laughs) He got made fun of a lot because he had a really long head. And also, apparently, he, like, looked like... I saw one source that said he looked like a tyrant from, like, the past. Like So he just didn't... He got made fun of. And so he didn't like public speaking and stuff like that when he was younger. And so he focused on his military career. There's there's this famous bust of Pericles that they use a whole bunch. And in the bust, it's, like, his head and he's wearing a, a helmet. You know, like a Spartan-looking helmet, even though he's Athenian. We'll get to it. Uh, I just mean, like, the sort of metal... I guess it's... I don't know what it is, but you know what I'm talking about. It's like a helmet. A a Grecian helmet. And it's kind of... It's like he's pulled it up, you know? So it's, like, sitting on top of his head. And so the story was that they did the bust of him like that with the helmet because his head was so long. But that's not true. Sorry to break it to you. But that would be funny. Not true. They, like, just tried to cover up his big, long head. No, because apparently that it was the bus was done that way because of the position that he ends up being like the position, the general position that he gets. And so it's sort of a regular. Mm -hmm. All of the people in that position were the bus were made like that, which is true. There are lots of bus like that. But I just thought it was funny that they were like, it's it's covering up his big, long head. And you're like, all right, go off. It's because he's got a big head. Maybe that's why he was so smart. had a big old brain. Anyway, the um, shortcomings of his physical appearance made it so that he focused on his military career as a child. Or not as a child, as a young adult. So, very briefly, because it's important to understand Athenian society at this point. This is going to get a little history classy for a second. Okay. I'm I'm trying so hard to just yada 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 through, like, complicated government structures. So bear with me. Love so that. in an Athenian society, they were a direct democracy, which means the citizens have a direct vote and say in what happens, which is different from the U.S., Love that. which is a representative yeah. democracy where we vote for representatives who vote for stuff, you know? Yes. Yes. There was an ecclesia, yeah. which was open to all citizens, where they made legislation, held elections, had political trials, where and everyone voted, and then the majority won. So that's why they're a direct democracy, right? Also, yeah. uh, I say everyone voted. Let's just be very clear. It was only men. White men. It was only men, men. It was only I Athenian guess. men. It wasn't even Greek. You had to be Athenian. Um, and I think yeah. you you okay. I think you also had to own land. But that, that one I'm not a hundred. I can't fully remember. And I didn't write it down. But you definitely weren't women. Right. No. Women can't even own land now, man. I mean, own land. Well, maybe that too. They also had... No, I think women in in ancient Greece could own land because we talked about the divorce stuff. Was the land involved? Yeah, I think they could could have land, but it just wasn't like the majority of the time that they did. Anyway, they also had a boule, which created the legislation for the ecclesia to vote on. It had 50 representatives from each of the 10 tribes elected every year, and they had to be over 30. So okay. the leader of the boule 
rotated around each tribe as the political calendar was split into 10 months. I think the regular calendar might have also been split into 10 months, but I know that like specifically the political calendar was like the year was split into 10. The year. Oh, okay. There's 10 yeah, months basically. in a year. And that every, every one of okay. those months had a different leader from one of the 10 sort of tribes, kind of like 10 parties. Like they had 10 different political parties. Okay, I get you. The Boule also enforced the laws that were passed and did other sort of operational tasks. Boule. So it's kind of like the Ecclesia is the general population, and then the Boule is more like a, a Congress or a legislative body, except they don't actually vote on the laws. They just craft the laws that the Ecclesia can then vote on. I see. Yes. Okay. Beyond these two groups were the Strategoi which were generals in the military. There was one for each of the 10 tribes and they had to be elected yearly. They controlled the military and diplomatic actions and were generally the most powerful people and visible politicians in the city. So every one of those 10 parties has a leader of the party and that leader is basically Uh a general. And they are military generals, but they're also political. They're in charge politically as well. It, okay. Without okay. going into too much detail, Pericles is a strata, one of the strategoi. He's one of those generals. Okay. So, and not only Heracles that's what he eventually becomes, but right now he's not. Okay. We're, we're, I'm just giving you basic information. Also, the there are different roles and depending on what specific time you go back into ancient Greece, because obviously it was, you know, the center of the Western world for hundreds of years. So there are changes and different things yeah. and different... Even within their direct democracy system, they have different people in charge at different times. But during the time of Pericles, yeah. this is pretty much what it was. Okay. Pericles okay. entered politics when he was in his early 20s in 472, when he was 23, when he paid for a play which could have been seen as him showing support for a powerful military strategos, Themistocles, who was currently... Strategos. One of the governor, one of the general guys. He was Pericles at this point is not a general guy. He's just entering politics mm-hmm. at the age of twenty three. So he uh, paid for this play to be put forward that was basically going over one of the past victories of Themistocles, who was mm-hmm. currently in a power struggle with another Strategos named Cimon. Uh, okay. Yes, Themistocles and Cimon were like the two most powerful of the Strategoi, and they were sort of battling between each other Mm -hmm. to see who was going to come out on top. Themistocles lost the struggle, even with Pericles' support, and he was ostracized. But Pericles continued to rise politically anyway. So even though he made that kind of bad bet on Themistocles, he was still keeping it together, gaining in power. Yeah. He probably served as a member of first the Ecclesia and then possibly the Boule, or as a magistrate, which is kind of like a judge or a jury throughout his early 30s. In 461, Mm -hmm. Cimon was ostracized, which in ancient Greece, ostracism is, it's kind of in a way like the impeachment in that someone will say, hey, I want to impeach you. And then they vote on it. Like, it's kind of like that part for the ostracism. So it's a thing that gets voted on. I think there's one month out of the year in their political calendar where they discuss ostracisms. And if they say they want to ostracize someone, then they set it up. A couple months later, they have the trial and then they vote. And if the majority votes for you to be ostracized, then you're exiled for 10 years. Oh, such a crazy It's not like 
I think it I was like bad, but not that bad. You know what I mean? Like it's never good for you to be sent out of your home for 10 years. But these were all, for the most part, very rich and wealthy men. They just went to a different <laughs> city state and lived in luxury and power. And it's not a big deal. They also came back. It's not like if you survive, if you live another 10 years, you just come back to Athens. It's not like you're never allowed back. It's just for 10 years. <sighs> Were they in solitary no. confinement? No. They just they left. No. Away? I think Kaiman oh. literally just went to okay. a different state a few states away. You know what I mean? He went somewhere else where he had friends and hung out for 10 years and then came back. Okay. Very basically. Okay. Pericles had a mentor named uh, Ephilates. Ephilates. Ephilates? Pericles had a <laughs> Pericles had a mentor named Ephilates, and together they were in a democratic party that wanted to see less power in the aristocracy's hands and more in the citizens. Cimen was in the aristocracy party, so the ties were shifting away from Cimen and his party and back into more of you know control in the hands of the people kind of thing. Also, Cimen mm-hmm. was very buddy buddy with Sparta. Now, do you remember the Sparta! movie Three Hundred? I do. That's literally what I thought in my head when That's you said fantastic. Sparta is just what's his face screaming. The events Sparta. of the movie Three Hundred happened when Pericles was fifteen years old. <gasps> so Baby. in that movie and in history, basically, um, yeah. Sparta was big and tough, and Athens was kind of smart. Like if you're being very simple, like mm-hmm. Athens was art yeah. and culture, Sparta was strength and warfare. Yeah, Athens when Persia when Persia and- came to attack, they needed the strength of Sparta to save them, and they were all sort of united. All of because Greece, ancient Greece, is a bunch of different city states. It's not one country. There's no one in charge of the whole thing. It's oh. a bunch of different areas that wow. are all sort of united in geographical location and their desire to not be controlled by other people. You know, it's a very loose federation mm. for the for the best phrase. But they all kind okay. of speak a very similar okay. language, and they all have the same gods and stuff like that you know but they're not like they're not they're not tied it's not like they're the united states of greece so Mm -hmm. at the time sparta was the most powerful of the greek city-states but sparta is ground support they 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 have a really good army right as we saw in the movie but they're on they don't have a good navy they just have a good army and um, while they were all fighting Persia, they were all getting along under this one common goal. But after that, since it's been, you know, 10, 20 years since that happened, that's not really, they're starting to have infighting. You know what I mean? Because all the city states don't necessarily agree that Sparta should be the best city state. You know, Athens yeah, is chipping yeah. away at their status as the most powerful city state. And Cayman was officially <laughs> ostracized for betraying Athens to help Sparta. How are they doing that to make um, Sparta or themselves? You know, that second it's thing you said? complicated. The it's first, complicated, like, and I don't necessarily oh, okay. know specifically. But just basically, mm-hmm. Athens is focusing on Athens. Um, there are yeah. some specifics that I'll bring up later that they do, but they're just generally building up their army and their navy. They're putting okay. a lot of time and focus sure. into that. And there are other things like yeah. um, there. I think there's uh, an army for all of the city states, and you can either pay tribute to be a part like of the alliance, and they'll protect you, or you can send soldiers. Like pick one or the other. You know what I mean? And uh, so most uh, people, uh, most places just sent money, right? But Athens started right. sending soldiers every year, and so after a couple of years, they started to have the majority of the people in that army were Athenians. Kinds of things, um, you know. And I think before they would have okay. been Spartans. Smart. Also in 461, Ephilates, Ephilates, Ephaltes? I think it's Ephaltes. Ephialtes? He's murdered, either way. He's assassinated. 
So that's oh, um, Pericles' mentor, who is in charge of the uh, democracy party, as opposed to the aristocracy party. You know, Cayman was the aristocracy party. He's been ostracized. Ephialtes, Ephialtes, it's so many letters, and I just am mixing up the order every time. Ephialtes was the one in charge of the democracy party. But a few, uh, within the year of Cayman being ostracized, he's assassinated. But remember, I have no months, so I don't know how how far away it was. Yeah. Okay, that's true. No concrete information is known about the murder, but it doesn't seem like Pericles had anything to do with it. He, okay. It doesn't really well, seem good. to fit his character, I guess. but I guess he, I don't know. He did, however, step into the leadership yeah. role after this and would remain the most powerful at- man in Athens until his death. So he'd certainly benefited wow. from it, you know? Okay. Yeah. But I guess it yeah. depends on what you, what you mean by benefit. Could he have benefited from having the guidance of that mentor for a few more years? Who knows? Also around this time, Pericles True. got married to a woman whose name is lost to history. Uh, I believe she was oh. a, like a cousin, like a, a second cousin or something, you know? I she was so. his cousin? I, I, but I, no one knows who okay. she is, so maybe that's not true. They had Bro. two sons, uh, Perilous and Xanthippus. No idea what year those, those kids were born. Oh, okay. No. As a no political idea. leader, Pericles promoted the interests of the poor. He proposed a law that would allow the poor to see plays without having to pay. So the government would pay for your ticket, basically. So that, yeah, And he that. started paying citizens who served on juries. And, controversially, he changed the citizenship laws. Previously, a son born to an Athenian citizen, which was a man, was an Athenian citizen. Now, the son had to have an Athenian father and an Athenian mother to be a citizen. This might have been to stop Athenian men from marrying rich foreigners and making political alliances, which were causing some problems. Or it could have been to simplify and restrict the growing number of citizens. There were some examples of, like, the pharaoh in Egypt gave every citizen of Athens, you know, gave grain that was supposed to be split amongst the citizens of Athens. And so it was like, mm-hmm. well, my dad's a, a, a citizen, so I'm a citizen. You know, it's just making it, like, very simple. Who's a citizen and who's not? Who knows? Yeah. It sounds to me like voter suppression, though, but that's just me. This might have been... Oh, wait, I already said voter um, This is also a period called the Golden Age of Athens and between the Persian and the Peloponnesian Wars. It's also, so the golden age of Athens is almost synonymous with like the age of Pericles. That's how important he is. Uh, He is the gold. He is the golden age. Okay. Once again, I'm going to yada, yada, yada through the first Peloponnesian War. Not, not the one I just mentioned that ends the golden age, just the first one. This one lasted from 460 to 445 BC. Sparta had this rule that you couldn't build walls around your city because I don't really know why. I don't know what reason they gave, but it was, I honestly, mm-hmm. I think it was so that you had to rely on them to protect you, right? Athens okay. built walls yeah. secretly without permission. Yeah. Secretly? How do you well, secretly build a wall? It's hard to, hard to, hard Well, to also no one's checking one. in on you that often. You know what I mean? Like it's a big, so Athens is say like 10, 15 miles from the coast. They built walls okay. all the way around Athens and then down the road to the coast and then around their coastal port. Um, Sparta didn't like that, and this was the this was the first visible hint at a friction between Sparta and Athens. Then the Greek city state Megara switched from being a Spartan ally to an Athenian ally. Wow, traitors! It's one of the it's one of those things where it's like, well, we're all Greek city states, so what's the problem? But everyone's like, there's a problem. 
there's an obvious problem. So the the war was basically on. Um, and then the war ended in kind of a tie where Kaiman came back. You remember Kaiman from his 10-year exile in 451. And he yeah. still is friends with Sparta. And so he brokered a truce between okay. Sparta and Athens and a 30-year peace treaty, basically. Aside from mm-hmm. that war, Pericles well, is in Athens still pushing mm-hmm. for other legislation and, pro- and projects. So that war is like happening. There's a lot more to it. But I, of course, yada, yada, yada through because we still haven't even gotten to Aspasia. So specifically, he helped build or rebuild a number of important buildings in Athens, including the Parthenon. Hence the Golden Age. You know, he pushed for a lot of things that became iconic. I did not know that. No, I did not know that. I didn't know any of the things you're telling me. Then sometime between 452 and 441, he met and began a relationship with Aspasia of Miletus. As is true with many women in ancient history, basically nothing is known about her early life. She was probably born in Miletus, which was a city that is in modern-day Turkey, but at the time was a Greek city-state. You know where Greece is now? It's kind of near Turkey. The Greek Uh city-state sort of covered that whole, like, U-shaped area around the Mediterranean. They were just all different city-states. So even though it was Turkey in 452 BC, it was one of the Greek city-states. Her father yeah. is named Axiochus, who was probably wealthy, considering his daughter was very well educated, which was rare yeah. wo- well, okay, which was rare among women in Athens, but common among wealthy women in the eastern cities. Uh, it's unclear when or how she moved to Athens, with one possibility being that her sister married a well-connected exiled Athenian, and when he went back to Athens, she has a maybe. sister. Oh, what, yeah, what you have I know, sister. I'm giving you a maybe. Okay. It's all okay. a, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Her, yeah. her whole existence. Is so maybe there's one possibility here. being that she one had a sister who two married a well-connected exiled Athenian who then three went back to Athens after his exile was over and took his wife and sister along. You can get married while you're in exile. Yeah, you just can't be in Athens. You can do whatever you want if you're not in there. Oh, um, um, okay. this would explain how she met Pericles. But there's only, like, one source for this version of events. It's very much a theory. So, like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Another possibility is that she's what's called a hetaira, which was essentially a courtesan. A courtesan. A People have also compared it to a geisha, yeah. but I think a geisha is a lot more complicated. Oh. It's like, um, it's a sex worker who is supposed to be a really, like, high-class escort that um, can yeah. talk to you. It's very well educated, can talk to you on a number of topics and subjects and stuff and yeah. also do the sexy times so there's sexy i mean time. there's no just a jack of all as trains. with pretty much everything i'm gonna tell you about aspasia there's no proof for any of it and there are at this point as many historians and experts saying like she's absolutely not a sex worker as are saying yeah she obviously is one and it's because mm-hmm. she was so well educated and because of the circles that she ran in and the way that she behaved because oh. the the Athenian like women, the women that are Athenians, yeah, they didn't they weren't they didn't have yeah. the same kind of freedoms that she had. You know, they were very much like in women's spaces yeah. only kind of thing. Whereas she was yeah. allowed to be very, very independent and, and very politically driven and like a lot a lot a lot of freedom. And like was that because yeah. she was not an Athenian? You know, she was a foreigner, so she wasn't controlled by the Athenian rules. Or was it because she was a sex worker and therefore living outside of the societal rules anyway 
I think it's. I, think well, I don't it's know. I, I also am not even sure it matters. You know what I mean? No, Beyond no, just the uh, following the puzzle pieces and finding an answer that fits your puzzle pieces reason to call her a Hatira. She was also called a Hatira mm-hmm. in some of the contemporary references to her, but those were in comedic plays, which we're going to talk about later. But there are plenty of historians that are saying, like, you can't just take the plays that were insulting her as if they were giving you facts. Yeah. You know, if um, they're like... The, the reason that they're even talking about her in that play is to insult her and, in effect, insult Pericles. So you can't take that as a fact. But also, yeah. the other reasons that people think that aren't, like, valid, you know? I don't really care if she is one or not. I think she's just as interesting either way, you know? This is true. And no, also in ancient Greece, um, their relationship with sex work was, and sex in general, was a lot more open than we are. So it's also entirely possible that her being a sex worker would not have really been an insult. To her Or anyone. You know what I mean? Like, it just would not. Oh, it would have been, no it would have been something that it? they could like, yeah, sure, we can make fun of it. But it's not like, in society, it's not a thing that people are looking down on. You know what I mean? it's really you know it's the grecian opinions of sex are really would blow americans minds if they actually looked into it i mean i'm i went to greece when i was 16 on a school trip and one of the many things we did was we went to pompeii where the volcano erupted right so you can walk through the city you can walk through the ruins and they still have some of the graffiti and the amount of penises drawn all over that city and a lot of them were like signs, you know what I mean? Like they were advertising signs being like, come this way. Oh, it's yeah, like I'm over form. here. Ready for it. You know, like it's wow. it's very present. Yeah. Maybe and women. Have no and um, people in ancient Greece, yeah, like homosexuality was not a problem. Right. It was not looked down upon. I think more specifically with like men, but in general, it was not like, it was not insane that people, that men yeah. wanted to have sex with other. So we do not know anything is what i'm saying there's simply not enough evidence either way it's like both of the versions of her coming to athens could be true at the same time neither of them could be true one could be true one could be false pieces of both could be true like there's who knows maybe i assume the one that's the most fun is true yeah so that's where they i don't um, know i don't know how they met but they met we do know We think that's we think it's a possibility. Meant. We do know that she and Pericles yeah. were in a public relationship by 441, at which time he was oh. 54 years old. She Whoa. was old probably man. not, probably quite a bit younger, but we have no idea. We have no idea. No idea no how idea. much younger? Pericles Dang. divorced okay. his wife in 445, which is either before, during, or after the start of his relationship with Aspasia. Because again, we don't know. We don't know. But as we discussed yeah. in our divorce episode last season, ancient Greece was pretty lax with the vo- with the divorce laws comparatively. So the yeah. divorce was not a big dramatic deal. In fact, even though we don't know his wife's name, we do know that Pericles arranged for her to marry a man that she'd always loved, who was also the richest yeah. man in Athens. So she did fine. The ex-Mrs. Wow. Pericles okay. yeah. uh, glowed up. She got herself a better situation. And there's just as much indication that it happened right when Aspasia got to town as it as it is that it happened well before she showed up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We just we don't, don't know. know. I think know. that no matter when it happened, whether or not it was spurred on by his feelings for Aspasia or not, that his first marriage was a political marriage that both he and his wife were perfectly content to leave. 
yeah, benefited yeah. from. Pericles and Aspasia, way. however, couldn't really get married because she was a foreigner, i.e. not an Athenian. She was Greek because it was a Greek city-state, but she was not Athenian, which meant mm-hmm. that any children they okay. had couldn't be Athenians because of the law that Pericles had pushed for. There's also been an indication in some of the places I've read that it's, like, illegal to marry a foreigner, but I've also seen just as many places say, like, they did marry. So, again, we don't know. We don't know. If there was such a thing as, like, a common-law wife, Aspasia was his common-law wife. Aspasia was his wife, but they might not have been able to make it official. You know what I mean? Yes, without the hardware. Even so, they were deeply in love, with nearly every mention of her in literature referencing just how strongly Pericles felt for her. It was said that Pericles couldn't leave their house without kissing her, and that he had to kiss her again as soon as he got back home. Yeah. Aspasia wow. was brilliant and witty. Some have even suggested that she wrote speeches for Pericles and was responsible for some of his most famous mm-hmm. orations. Because Pericles has done a number of speeches that he's very famous for. Pericles and Aspasia had a son, Pericles the Younger, who was born in 440 or in 441. The That's younger. what they do instead of junior. You don't live there. I don't like Although this son true. couldn't be an Athenian citizen, by giving him his father's powerful name, Aspasia is also giving the baby as much protection as she can. For sure. Okay. Smart. I know I, Smart. I'm like a broken record here, but we truly do not have many sources that discuss Aspasia factually, and even the ones we do mm-hmm. have could have biases that we just don't know anymore. The yeah. only okay. surviving work, written work, that mentions Aspasia and was written during her lifetime are those comedic plays that are like making fun of her. She's also mm-hmm. mentioned in plutarch's book plutarch was a writer also in ancient history but hundreds of years after this happens he's a roman empire writer like he's writing in the roman empire and he wrote about pericles and Mm -hmm. mentions her and she's also mentioned by plato in one of his books and like one of his conversations with people and plato's the one Mm -hmm. that really says that aspasia was writing pericles's speeches for him but it's it's thought now that that might be true and that he's complimenting her and talking about how smart and great she is but it's also possible that he could be making fun of her that he could be sarcastic because you just don't we don't have inflection anymore we don't have context yeah either way she was definitely a source of admiration as seen by the way her intelligence and wit are discussed and the way that she's discussed by just her first name implying that she was well known in public spaces like, she's famous, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She is, like, mm-hmm. she's the it girl. She is the moment in Golden Age of Athens. Yeah. She's, yeah, like, perfect. Share. share. She was definitely both um, a person of admiration and also, like, gossip, you know? People love to make up tea about her. However, uh, she was in a public political relationship. And because of that, she was the subject of nasty rumors and mean-spirited comedic plays. Her influence on Pericles was mocked and blamed for the downfall of a society that was currently blossoming. So, yeah, like anyone that weird anyone take, that didn't okay. agree with Pericles' politics were very quick to be like, "Well, <laughs> you're dating a." Like, okay, yeah. well. So sad. Some people. There are a number of comedic plays that reference her and claim that she was the sex worker, as we discussed. And they try to criticize Pericles by criticizing her. But it doesn't really work. Because Pericles stood up for Aspasia in public spaces and in private spaces when it needed to be done. And for the most part, just didn't care. You know? He was like, I have a bad bitch at home and you have what? He said, I couldn't, I couldn't hear you. Um, there was allegedly a trial where a comedian tried to sue Aspasia for indecency and Pericles served as her defense attorney. No idea if that's what happened or if that's just something that the comedian, like, 
wrote and people don't know if it yeah. happened or not. You know what I mean? Like, that's where we're at yeah. with the sources that we have it, where we're like, it, it, it could have happened. We don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Okay. In yeah. 431, the Peloponnesian War. The big one. Started. If anyone is listening to this for war information, you got so far into the know. podcast and I'm sorry to disappoint that I don't, I don't got it. We're going to yada yada through it again as best we can. It was generally caused by Athens' rise in power and their desire to overtake Sparta as the biggest dog, as we had discussed before. Specifically, there was an island that was scared of a Spartan ally. They asked Athens for help and Athens said, yeah, sure. And they helped that island, which made the the Spartan ally mad. So they went back to Sparta to complain. And yeah. then there yeah, were some the trade sanctions imposed by Athens against a Spartan ally, a different one. And so that ally went oh. back to Sparta and complained. And they pushed Sparta, who was kind of loath to just start a fight again for no reason. But they pushed them to action through these like small little digs, basically. These small little pushes for your oh. own power, you know. But you remember yeah, when yeah. we were talking about Cleopatra and Antony and towards the end of their story and how they just kind of were starting shit with the Roman Empire because they wanted to start a fight. Oh, I didn't know they were... They kind of were. You know, like, they were withholding grain, they were naming people things that they weren't supposed to name people, you know. That kind of seems like what... It's not, like, overt. It's all things that Athens could be like, what? We didn't do anything. But they're doing stuff. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. Sparta voted, and then they sent demands to Athens, basically saying, we're going to start a war if you don't do this. And in their list of things to do was ostracizing Pericles and his faction. Pericles gave a speech to the Athenians and whether or not they were on his side when he started talking, by the end of it, they were all on his side and all ready to go to war. The man could talk. He he was uh, very good in the room. You know what I mean? Considering he was in charge of Athens and pushing Athens to do a lot of these things that made everyone else in uh, Greece mad, many historians blame Pericles for the war and, uh, you know, they might be right to do so. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Who knows? Sure. Maybe it's what he wanted, considering he spent his entire life working towards building Athens into the greatest city in the world, which could be argued could happen if they defeat Sparta in the war. But also, maybe he's just one guy in a big city full of lots of people voting on things and making decisions, you know? Maybe it's not all him. Who knows? Either way... Aspasia and Pericles are together. together? They're together from now on. Either way, the war started. And it almost immediately did not go well for Athens. Pericles had everyone in the neighboring area of Attica move within the city walls of Athens where they would be safe from the Spartan attack. Remember, we talked about those walls. So Sparta Mm -hmm. went into the empty city and they sacked it. All the people of Attica, you know, sort of watched from the walls as their homes burned and everything like that. So they were kind of mad. They were kind of mad about that. Sparta was a land army, as we discussed, and Athens was a navy. So they were never really able to have a fair fight one-on-one. It's kind of like if you were trying to get like a fight between, I don't know, like Batman and Aquaman or something. And you're just like, well, this isn't really... Where where are you going to put it? Because if you put it in the water, Aquaman's going to kick his ass. And if you don't... Actually, Aquaman might have superpowers, so he might kick his ass anyway. But you know what I mean. There is really like no way... For them to figure out who was the best because they they couldn't have a fair fight. So Sparta's plan was just to invade all the cities around Athens and sort of, you know, cone in on them. Athens, however, because they not only built the wall around their city, but also around the road they needed to get to their port, were able to get supplies. And it was not a problem. And they were fine, pretty Um. much. Well, they weren't. I mean, they were stuck in the city, right? Like they were behind the walls and stuff like that. 
But they really weren't like suffering that much. But there were a lot of people sort of shoved into the city, you know. They used to be spread out along the countryside at their farms and doing all this stuff. And now they're all within the walls. Pericles gave his most famous speech... Uh, the funeral oration in 431 BC, near the end of the first year of the war, where he commemorated the men who had lost their lives for their city. Some have hypothesized that Aspasia wrote this speech. Obviously, there's uh, no proof either way. But in my mind, she's certainly smart enough and brilliant enough to do it. In 430 BC, a plague hit Athens. The city was crowded with people, as I said, and the streets were sort of overflowing with people who had the plague. The public Uh angrily blamed Pericles Uh because, uh, as we have maybe mentioned, this was all his idea. So, wonder why they blamed him. Pericles, always the professional, went about his normal daily functions. What were you going to say? Sorry. No, I wasn't going to say anything. Pericles, always the professional, went about his normal daily functions. He went out in public to help the people sick on the street, and he gave them hope. He basically was like, keep moving forward kind of guy, like, always out doing his duty smiling being a source of hope and inspiration and outwardly he was unafraid of the plague you know we can get through this guys the only glimpse Mm -hmm. behind the professional facade came when his two older sons died of the plague in 430 or 429 so now he just has that one that's not a citizen he just has a spacious son between one and two-thirds of athenians died of the plague that's so many. many like even just the so many, so many people like coronavirus. Yeah. I don't know how much it ended up being, but what they talked about it, like they very cavalierly, like, well, it's only going to be one percent of the population. And you're like, that's that's like a, a million people. That's so many people that you're just talking about dying. And this is the same thing. Yeah. Right? Like two thirds of the people in Athens are. It's insane. Yeah. That is an insane amount of population loss. It got so bad. The Pericles was put on public trial over the outrage from the plague. However, in classic Pericles style, he gave an impassioned an Im- <clears throat> he gave an impassioned speech that not only won him public favor again, but it won him re-election in 429. Good yeah. in the room, man. Okay. I tell you what, he's good in the room. Yeah, he's a top. Pericles soon got the plague. Yeah, sorry, Dane. We did see Damn. that comment when he was just walking around touching but, all of them all the time. Uh, I guess that yeah. didn't last. Very his friends long. and family surrounded his bed in his final days, regaling his many victories <gasps> and accomplishments. Pericles said Hello. that his best accomplishment was that no living Athenian ever put on mourning because of me. Which is nice that he thought that, but I am not actually convinced that's true, considering um, he did start a war. But whatever, maybe maybe he didn't start the war. I'm glad true. that he thought that. I'm true. glad that he got to go go feeling that he'd done a good job because i think he did i think he did do a good job i just think the whole like dude you were in charge of the whole city state and they got into the biggest war in ancient greece and you like just a year ago gave a like your most famous speech ever which was a funeral oration celebrating the men who had died because of the war that you started yeah. But, that, that, <laughs> but that's his like quote. That, that's yeah. what his, you know, final words were. Far be it for me. I'm not a governor. Uh, I was going to say a governor. I'm not a general of anything. So no. after the plague no. was over, a special exception was made for sons of Athenian fathers and foreign mothers. Possibly this is uh, as a result of this, as we said, drastic loss of life during the plague. Basically like, well, mm-hmm. we lost a whole bunch of citizens. So we need to plump our numbers back up here. Um, but yeah. also, it could just be a special little exception that they made just for Pericles. Either way, his and Aspasia's son, Pericles the Younger, was able to inherit his father's estate and gain Athenian citizenship. 
He eventually Beautiful. went on to be elected a Stratigos like his father. A happy ending. Happy yeah. endings. Well, yeah, sure. We'll keep, we'll keep his ending happy. Other if we than, end it, if we, other than if we end plane. his story right here, then his is a happy ending. Aspasia married a man named Lysicles <gasps> in 429 and gave birth to another son before Lysicles died in 428. Again, this is a contentious the, fact the that son? may or may not have happened, but apparently in the same year that Pericles died, she married somebody else and had a baby before that guy died. And no, before the died? husband oh, died the died. next year. So maybe that happened, maybe that didn't. It doesn't seem to have a huge effect either way. She just would have had a, another child. Nothing else is yeah. written about her after that second husband guy. So it is uh, unknown when Aspasia died, or I guess even if she died. She's so Aspasia girl, if you're listening, let us know. Yeah, We're team Aspasia. Follow me on Instagram. Slide into the Peloponnesian War. Have I been saying Peloponnesian? It's Peloponnesian if I've been saying it wrong. The Peloponnesian War ended in 404 with Athens' defeat. Sparta chose not to destroy Athens and sort of, you know, burn it to the ground. Instead, they just sort of folded them into their faction. So the era, the Golden Age of Athens, officially ended when Pericles may or may not have started the war. No, when he started the war. (laughs) But in his time, I mean, he left an indelible mark on not only Athens, but on the rest of human history, at least the rest of Western history. It's really hard to understate his importance to everyone from like Turkey over. But it's really hard for me to know what effect ancient greece had on other civilizations like you know ancient china which was already thriving all the way over there without them you know what i mean they are yes well that's but for us over here in the us of a and you know everywhere over in europe the first democracy the first philosophy you know the first of a lot of stuff that we really built our humanity off of came from athens and in large part came from the sort of prosperity that Pericles created I don't think it can really be in my opinion overstated how important some of his smaller decisions were like allowing the poor to go see art to go see theater yeah that was beautiful yeah so there you go comments questions concerns well I think I mean with the information that we have now to come on their relationship I guess it was the good part about having no facts at all no concrete facts to really deal with is that you can kind of just make it up based on vibes yeah, so, you know, I think maybe he was a little more into her than she was into him, but she still definitely was into yeah. him, you know? But what you said about her, if that's true, about her getting remarried so quickly and yada yada, you know, then that that, that could also be some, a That could also doubts. be a piece of self-preservation. He was protecting sure, her and she yes, needed someone know. else to protect her. But then he died and she sort of fell Life. off the radar. But I have seen people sort of discuss the fact that the fact that her son Pericles continued to thrive as uh-huh. a human being, like he was alive and doing life, yeah. implies uh, that she was yeah. also okay. Right. Oh, because wait, they wow. would have been together. You know what I mean? Oh, that's true. Yes, yes, yes. Close, so he was born at 440 or 441. So by the time his father died in 429, he was like 10 or 11. You know, he was like <laughs> 11 or 12 years old. Oh, so he's guy. still a, he's still like a little boy. 
And so the yeah. fact that he... I mean, I'm sure he knows what happened. Yeah. The fact that he's surviving and thriving, I think he would have to have someone taking care of him in a way. And she was so... Yeah. She was Looking so smart. And yeah, that I just think that if yeah. something had happened to her, it would have affected him. So I, I yeah. think that his prosperity is implies her prosperity as well. Okay. No, that makes sense, Matt. That makes sense. Um, okay. So I think in conclusion, my final thoughts here, I think they had, you know, a pretty decent relationship mm-hmm. for what it was and also how relationships even worked back then. I'm sure there was a lot of things. They were together to for with. at least, what, like 15 years? Which I feel like at that time is like a really long, I mean, that's a really long time, you know, in general, yeah. especially back then. And again, then, despite you know, our podcast name, they didn't break up. He just died. That's true. He he just, you know, he got a, he caught a tough break, but he seemed to be a great guy. She seemed to be lovely. You know, if women maybe were more respected in society, I'm sure yeah. we know a lot more about her. But, you know, as far as the relationship goes, I think it was lovely. I don't think either one of them had any like ill yeah. intention toward each other or were like using or abusing or like manipulating each other to get whatever they wanted. It doesn't I think, seem so. You know, yeah, it seems like they were a team, a united yeah. front. Yes, I think there was a genuine love there. And I I also think now again, there could be, you know, some tomb or like some hole somewhere in ancient, not ancient Greece, somewhere in modern day Greece, that if you just dug far enough would have a whole bunch of additional writings that we could learn so much from. You know what I mean? Like there could be way more written out there that we'll find someday. I was like, where's But I think just based on what we have so far, if they would have had, if she would have been some sort of manipulator, if they would have had a contentious relationship, I think that would have shown up Uh in the comedic plays that were insulting her. I think they had to go for the low hanging fruit. They had to call her a sex worker. They had to insult him, you know, make. Yeah, because they didn't have anything else. Yeah, because they didn't have anything else because she stayed in her lane was smart, mm-hmm. fabulous, beautiful, and they just, yeah. Doing her thing. Living her best ancient Greek And I think the life. fact that he didn't care, at least outwardly, I think we also would have heard something if he had stopped plays that were saying mean things about her, or if he had not oh, sort of, yeah. if, he, if he had sort of lashed out instead of, like, not that he didn't sort of fight back against these kinds of things, but if he sort of fought back in anger, I think we would have heard about that too. Like, I think some like some evidence of that might have existed. Yeah. And so I think just his sort of quiet confidence in their relationship says a lot. So Yeah. Yeah. It didn't seem like it was, you know, for how great of a guy he was and her too, then they didn't seem like ego got yeah. involved a lot between the two of them which i think is you know if you had to have some sort of ideal like no relationship is ever just gonna go and be ideal and be perfect and never have any issues or problems or anything like that but i think that if you have that kind of foundation of teamwork a foundation Mm -hmm. of like mutual respect and i mean i would even go as far as to say equity even though it was a really inequitable time for women that if you can have that kind of foundation that you can weather a lot yeah, and I think it in yes. some ways it's the only they, way that you can weather that kind of stuff. That's true. You gotta have some no. good bones, Matt. And they they, they had good bones. It's a shame we don't know anything about her though. I hate the way that she just has no beginning and no end. I know, but you know, I'm kind of yeah. like you know, I feel like that, especially for that time frame. While disappointing, yeah, not surprising. True. True. Anything else? No, I think I think my bones. Yeah, your bones lane is really good. I'll make it. I'll make it really loud okay. in the no, 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 I'm good. so that everyone can hear it. Uh, <laughs> no, 
just just make you'll be like talking like bones <laughs> okay so sources as i said little wishy-washy a little bit of this a little bit of that the plutarch book parallel lives that i discussed it's a it's honestly a pretty interesting good read no matter what like if he's talking about any of the subjects you know he's a chapter about julius caesar it's um and yeah it's a text from ancient history that's talking about even more ancient history so it's just a really interesting document you know what i mean it's just a really interesting perspective period but anyway so plutarch parallel yeah. lives he's got a whole chapter about pericles that talks about aspasia as well um there was an athenian government article from shriner library and then there was a youtube video that i really liked from mo on ink it's like capital m o capital a n ink but it's called aspasia the most popular woman in athens and she was really good it was a cute little video okay. our intro outro song is feeling good by white hot from freebeats.io gang 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 Woo! and we will see Woo! you next month for a spooky scary <gasps> spooky. this is true i feel like this is gonna be Mab's most favorite episode. I don't know why, but I feel I don't it know that in anything my bones. Can top Cleopatra, but uh, oh, well, that. But was I'm excited. Mav. Then we yeah. just really peaked. At <laughs> we just came yeah. out of the gate just at our peak, and everything. Honestly, downhill get there. ready for next season because I just finished the list of the topics, and I'm <gasps> freaking stoked. Oh. It's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good season. Okay, but I'm excited. Next but month, also listen to next the rest of the scary. season. Next yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, family. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Goodbye.